Hello, and welcome to episode 56 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Mitch, and with me is... Joe! Good evening, Mitch. Good evening. And I will start off by saying congratulations to the new member of your family. Oh, thank you. Or for the new member of your family. Talking you about my it. member. <laughs> and an impressive little member it is, too. Yes, thank you so, very much. So you now have a pair. I do, one of each. One of each. I, I do want to have three kids, though. Just so I could say, I've got one, one of each. <laughs> and how does your wife feel about that? No, I don't. No, we seriously don't want three kids. I just want the three kids <laughs> so I can say one of each. But I actually don't want three kids. And We're done. How is life for the newborn? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot all that stuff, but it's all good. Alrighty. So, have you been managing to get any gaming in with uh, the new baby? A little, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, you may as well go first. I will go first. Well, what did I play last time? I think I started Beyond Good and Evil. Did I talk about it? No, I don't think you did. Well, I started and didn't get very far. It looked okay, but it was the time sink it needed. It was not com- comparative. Not comparative. What's the word I'm looking for? Comparable. Comparable. That'll do. Maybe. I don't know. When things complement, didn't complement the time I had. Okay. So um, it just was like, no, I can't sit down for an hour and a half to get into enough of a gameplay. I just need something quick and, you know, now. Hmm. Well, I well, downloaded it because it was the freebie, but I haven't actually fired it up. I think from reading, it's the one where you run around and you take photos yeah. of things. Yeah. yeah. You do fight as well, but you meant to take photos. It's like the world's ending and there's people attacking but you take photos to record them for future prosperity or something stupid like that i didn't get very far but thank god the other free game that came out was forza horizon one well it wasn't called one then but you know what i mean which is perfect it's compatible with my short periods of time that i can play games at the moment so so that's great because i can jump in and do a couple of races or i can do a full hour and a half of stuff driving around and considering it is what 2012 or something like that something like that when the black eye keys lonely boy came out yeah but it's it still holds up graphically it's great i think by that point the graphics were figured out on them i mean mind you far cry would prove that you can you can improve but yeah i mean by that point well i don't i shouldn't go back but for project gotham racing 3 I thought the graphics were pretty good in that too, but maybe by comparison, they're not. Maybe. I, I do like the little J.J. Abrams lens flare sort of touches when you're driving around. I, I haven't played much of it myself. I have got it downloaded at home because, as we said, it is the freebie, but the only time I've actually played it is over here on, on your profile. But, yeah, I, I think once I'm finished what I'm playing, I probably will give it a bit yeah, of a go. It's definitely scratching that pro street itch that I have had in the past. And, like I said, it's perfect for my... I might have 20 minutes to kill i can get something done in that time i don't have to think too much about it but it is a massive time sink sometimes when there's there's it's like to your typical racing game where you race but you've also got challenges so there's a speed challenge where you have to get a super powered car and go past a speed camera at a certain speed and you miss out by just three kilometers so you oh, just one more i'll just do one more i just yep. next thing you know you've been spending an hour trying to get this one fucking race and, and yeah. one thing i will say it is different to some of the other racing games that i've played whereas if you do not quite make it you can just press retry and it takes you back to the start whereas i think one of the dirts or grids that i played you have to actually drive back to the start point of the oh, race that'd be a pain yeah and, and this is what takes you out of some of these games and you because one thing i don't like about it is it's obviously part of the loading, but they have this little animation of the you you as the dude walking to the car, the camera sort of circles around the car and you check it out. It's like, I just want to race. Let me get back to it. Yep. Come on, quick, quick, quick. No loading. Come on. 
No, but that's, that's been my gaming, really. I'm just looking at my notes. What about... Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, I have been playing quite a bit of Xbox lately because mm. I had a couple of weeks off work on holidays. Nice. So I had a couple of days where I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to take the kids to school and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to game for a good chunk of the day and then I'm going to go and pick the kids up again. And did you do that? I did for yeah. a couple of days. Excellent. Surprisingly, I was playing a lot of Far Cry 4. Yep. And I got to a stage, well, not really, but I got to a stage where I've done, I think, most of the missions on the first half of the map. And I found that for a while I wasn't doing any missions. I was just going around and liberating the outposts and doing the bell towers. And I thought, well, maybe I should do some missions because there's no progression in the game. Hmm. And then I, I did a couple of missions. And the next thing I know, I kind of got to a point where I was at a mission that seemed like it was going to be the one that was going to unlock the rest of the map. But I haven't actually played since then. And ironically, I was just saying before we started recording that it obviously goes off my Ubisoft account because I got an email off them saying, hey, Joe, we noticed you haven't been playing Far Cry lately. Come back. We miss you sort of thing. So that was wow. kind of cool. But no, I got I kind of got distracted. And I was playing a little bit of Lego Marvel with my kids. Mm-hmm. And despite... And you do fact, love your Lego games. Well, yes. And I think that's the main problem that I have, that I had been playing Far Cry and I thought, well, maybe I just need something fun. I played a bit of Lego with the kids and then I sort of went, well, we've finished the stories, but I haven't gone back and tried to unlock everything. So I spent a good couple of sessions just grinding out as much as I could, collecting the gold bricks. Well, you got to keep it set. And, and yeah, un- unlocking characters. So now I think I'm 93 out of the 115 characters. Oh, wow. But I'm I still really should only... play that. I like Lego games. I love Marvel. I have the game. It's sitting on my shelf. It is fun. But I, it's sort of something I want to play the wife and making that time to happen isn't it? maybe I should just play it but be damned you probably should because I've played it with my kids and the stories are quite long like the chapters are quite long when you play it with someone who's not exactly knowing what they're doing but munted when it comes to gaming what like the- children well, they are children, but yes. My kids, when I go to them, you know, we'll play a little bit of Lego. Do you want to do a level? They're like, no, I just want to run around, you know, free play in New York City and break things and collect gold. But now that I've actually gone and done a couple of the missions again, I've found the Deadpool bricks that unlock the multipliers and stuff. So I've now got, I think it's two times, six times, four times and ten times unlocked. And it's stacked, so I'm now getting, you know, 400 and something times. So I'm accumulating a lot of money quickly. So I've been able to go back and buy all the characters that we'd unlocked and hadn't been able to afford no, so as okay. i said yeah, i don't know how that works oh, i've got 90 something characters but there's still a few but i've been looking at uh, a couple of wikis and i know exactly what i've got to do to get the rest it's just finding the time to do it huh, cool but yeah that's my xbox gaming mm-hmm. i will just give you a little update on pokemon go since the last time we played i'm You've now got seven kilos no no but i've walked like 76 k's or something oh, so it tells me on my phone that i started playing on the 31st of july i've walked 76 k's since then so that's pretty that's good that's pretty good and i'm now up to level 19 i think i've got about 60 or 70 pokemons out of the 150 unlocked i've got two yes <laughs> but no it's like it's become a bit of a ritual that sunday afternoon is pokemon day for me and mainly my younger boy because the older one sort of played a little bit and then he gets bored with it so yeah most sundays we'll go and find a local park and we'll spend an hour just wandering around catching pokestops and catching pokemons and stuff so yeah cool. and because of that i've actually visited a couple of really cool parks around melbourne so if you've got young kids and pokemon and you want to go to a nice park i would recommend coburg lake if you're in the northern suburbs Okay. Very nice. Sort Excellent. Of a little bit of a walk around Merry Creek. A little bit of gaming news for me. Yeah. I may have put a down payment on my Xbox One. Well, we have kind of teased the idea that we would probably come into the modern generation. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I'm pretty tempted. I think my Christmas this year, I'm going to ask the, the family to get me the, is it the two terabyte Gears of War special edition? Yeah, well, I, I panicked on that because the, they bought out the Xbox One Slim, two terabit. That's the only one they bought out originally. That was the first one they bought out. Yeah. And then they said, that's it, sold out, no more production of that. And then the 500 gig and the one terabit were going to be released later. And they said, if you really want the two terabit one, the pre-order for the Gears of War one. Yeah, you can you can pre-order that now, and you'll definitely get one. So I'm like, well, I want one anyway. I'm gonna buy one. The plan was, you know, around Christmas or birthday, which is November. I'll do that. Is this my last chance to get this two terabit? What's going on? Uh, uh, and I was fuck well, it. Now that you've said that, I don't think it is because I saw an ad today. I saw an ad for you can buy it officially from Microsoft to get the two terabit one. Yeah, and I think there's a FIFA one as well, the two terabit FIFA yeah, pack. So. I don't know. They got but my money the, anyway. Well, the Gears of War one is red in colour with sort of a cog painted on it. Yeah, it's like blood splatter yeah. cog. And yeah, it's specs nothing different. You just get a red controller and a red thing, which is fine by me because probably going to the cabinet, you won't see it anyway. Well, that's funny yeah. because mine's going to be in, in the cabinet under the tally. And when I told my wife that I wanted to get one, I showed her the picture of the white Mm. Xbox One Slim she was like oh but everything else is black I don't really want a white one under the tally sort of thing but then when I showed her the Gears of War one she was like well I guess that won't stand out quite as bad as a white one but yeah I think she was a little bit reluctant she would like me to just go the basic black so it matches everything else I don't there is a basic black not slim, slim no. no and I thought well what's the point of buying the non-slim because why not get the, the new hotness exactly I mean but, mind you they're there will be a lot of old ones around because I'm sort of saying it now. You buy a TV, you get a free, or buy a, a Surface, I think, and yeah. you get a free Xbox. So they, there will be some cheap deals if you just want the Xbox One. But yeah, future proofing myself. I mean, this Xbox I currently play on is I've had for nearly five years. Well, you don't have the slim Xbox 360, no. do you? You've just got, I've got the original. Yeah. So you know, it's lasted me long enough. So this one should hopefully do the same. And the thing with the X, um, with the Gears of War one, which is the game I'm going to buy anyway yeah so they're worth a hundred bucks so the normal two terabit was like 550 and the gears of war version is 599 and you get you get gears of war with it and you also get i think legacy so yeah so i'm i think i'm saving myself 50 bucks technically because i would have bought the game anyway probably more than that i think yeah so so i think i'll save myself 50 so deal and i went and traded in a bunch of games and i got i actually got 70 bucks back Traded in a few games. I got nothing more than four dollars back from per game, but I wasn't playing them. That was my down payment on the thing. Yeah, I think I'll probably end up doing that. I've got a, a bunch of games that I'm now putting in a pile that I'm getting the freebies downloaded and I'm trading in the discs. But um, I can't imagine I'm going to get a lot for those. Well, it was between two and four dollars. That, yeah. that were all my games. But so. uh, yeah, I've, I've got a pile that's probably going to go towards a pre-order of WWE 2K17. I think. Mm. But, I don't know, last time I almost thought about buying that on pre-order, I waited a little while, and then probably a month after release, it was 70% off in one of the sales. So Those I, games sort of are, yeah. really. And for me, it's like, do I really want the extra, what is it, Goldberg this year for the, mm. the well, pre-order? Well, 16 turned up as a freebie, didn't it? Yeah. Pretty quickly. And it's the, well, it's the freebie on Xbox One this month, so I made sure I put that in the list. So when I do get my Xbox One, I think I've got about I'd wait, yeah, because you'll play that for a while. Yeah, exactly. technically, I mean, that's the better game, isn't it? Because the 16 on the 360 wasn't, no. wasn't a new generation game. It was just the old game reskinned where the Xbox One version was actually a brand new game. Yeah, it's so technically, different, different you sit engine. on that for six months before and wait for 17 to get really cheap. Exactly. Maybe that's what I'll do. 
because normally sort of around March when WrestleMania comes out, they do a deal and they put them cheap okay, to I encourage people to play wrestling games. I think that's when we bought 13 was the first one I we think bought. that's the one I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Is that CM Punk on the front? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. Who had his UFC name? loser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he got his half a million dollars to go out there for two minutes and tap out, so good on him. But anyway. All right, well, that's gaming. Yep. Should we talk television? Yeah, what have you been watching? Well, I've been watching a few things. I talked last month about Doc Martin. I yep. have now watched all seven seasons of Doc Martin. Jesus. And I must say, season six, I think they, they would have had a change in the writers because it became very funny for one season. Mm-hmm. And there is the first episode of season six, which I would say is rates up there as one of the funniest hours of television I've seen in a very long time. Wow. So Doc Martin and Louisa get married. Mm. And this is kind of like their honeymoon episode. And it's very reminiscent of that uh, Gourmet Night episode of Faulty Towers, where Basil takes his aggression out with a a tree Mm. branch on his car. There's a couple of little things like that in this episode. And it's just, yeah, really funny. I would recommend it. This is in your hometown of Pontypool or something, yeah? Yes, Port Wen. Which is a bit like Poddy Pandy from <laughs> Fireman Sam. But anyway. Yeah, so we finished that. I've then gone on to watch the new season of Gruen, who's on, on ABC. Yep. And we've been watching that through the ABC iView, because you have an extended version that has five minutes of extra footage. So Will gets his wang out. No. Well. It's funny, because I'm not a huge fan of Will Anderson, but I really love Gruen Neither because of... That's everyone else. Yeah. The concept of the show is good. But I, I've actually turned a little on Will. I, I've You're mellowed. A little bit, because hmm. he, he turned up on, um, there's this podcast I listen to called Something Wonky, which is a bit of a left-wing politics one, and he turned up on that, and hearing him not be such a pretentious wank, he was really cool. I was like, oh, you, you can be good. So I'm a, a bit more lenient to him now. Yeah, well, really, he is just the comedy relief, and it's all about Russell and... So the guy's name Todd, no, no, yeah. and and their insight, and yeah, but yes, yeah, so if you haven't watched Gruen, it's about advertising and spin and how things work in yep. in the advertising world, and yeah, kind of eye opening some of the time. There's there's a few sections that they do that I'm not a big fan of, but it's an entertaining 45 minutes. And I have actually speaking of new seasons of things, I've started watching season three of Penn and Teller's Fools. Oh, yep, with the new host of. Alison Hannigan. Oh, how is she? She's a bit wooden. Okay. But then I kind of thought about it afterwards and I thought, well, maybe she's a bit wooden in everything she's in. I've- well, I remember the first, because I, I, I was excited with How I Met Your Mother, because she was going to be in it. Yeah. I, was, I love Alison Hannigan from Buffy and I think she's great. And I was like looking forward to this. And she was the weakest thing in the pilot. Like, she's like, your comic timing's terrible. Like, she was just wooden, I suppose yeah. you could say. Give it by season two or three, she was fine. Like, she sort of came into the role and she was all right. But mm. the problem with Fullis is probably filmed in a very short amount of time. So she won't have time to grow into the role. Like, maybe give it another season, she'd be better. But Yeah, maybe she will. Because I, th- I think the same thing happened with Jonathan Ross with the first two seasons. That the first season he was very much trying to host. And then the second season he was having a bit more fun with it. Yeah, but the thing is, Jonathan Ross is a presenter. That's yeah. his job. Where Alison Hanning is not yeah, a, she's an actress. an actress, so it's going to be a bit harder. But yeah, I'm a big fan, so I, I forgot about that. I should check it out. Yeah, I think we're seven episodes into this season now, mm. and it's good because it's something that we can watch when the kids are around. And because of that, my oldest, who is now nine, is starting to get an idea of that you know magic, and he he really likes just Penn's delivery and the fact that. He's very much that, you know, that carnival barker and he's yelling and talking all the time. And my son just finds him hilarious. Okay. So it's good. But then we went down the library and we, we borrowed a couple of books about card tricks and he tried to learn a couple of card tricks and couldn't quite get the grip of, grip of it yet. I, I pulled my thumb off for him the other day. So yes. I was like, I'm going to pull my thumb off. <laughs> hey. 
He seems suitably impressed. That way, he's easily impressed. I think. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that, that's kind of fun. And I've also, speaking of things that we mentioned last month, I have now actually finished Stranger Things. And? Loved it. Excellent. I will say that, unlike some people, I didn't get caught up in the fact that there was a couple of songs that weren't period for 1983. I kind of let that slip. Mm, but I no, I, I really loved it. I loved the feel of it. I thought all of the kids in it were really well cast. The main girl that plays Eleven is just amazing, and she's just going to yeah. be a superstar when she grows up. She could be a superstar now, really. But yeah. yeah, we were watching, I think it was Jimmy Fallon. They yeah. had the kids on, and we were both watching and thinking, she's the next Emma Watson. She's yeah, just pretty much. Yeah. But the, the kid with the no teeth, what's his name, Dylan something or other, he was yeah, awesome. He's amazing. It, it was just everything about it. There, was, there probably wasn't one thing about it I didn't like. Just the whole Not package. knowing what happened to Barb. It was, Barb. it was a little bit unfortunate for poor old Barb. It was like everyone kind of forgot about it. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so the feel of it, the look of it, the music, the fact that it, it feels like it's filmed on film. It doesn't feel like it's filmed digitally. It, yeah, everything just feels period and feels authentically 80s, which is mm. really good. And, and everyone looks a bit munted. Yeah. There's no beautiful people in it. There's everyone, maybe the little black kid, he's pretty normal looking, but like the main character with the, you know, 11 with a, a shaved head. Mm. Like she's a very attractive girl. Like she's a pretty girl. Yeah. She's a, but all the other ones look a little munted. They're not coming out of central casting of the NECW no. show or Dawson's Creek or something like that. They they all look real. Yeah. And it's it's really well done like that. And I just love the, the passion behind it when, you know, they're playing their D&D and they're doing things that kids in the 80s probably do. That's something. Uh, that's what we should have done for our Welcome to My World next episode. Bike movies. Where kids have adventures on their bikes. Because I never did. I grew up on a main street with a very overprotective mum. So I never had a bike until I was too old to give a shit. When I got one, I got a dragster when everyone else had BMXs. So I wasn't cool. Oh, and I was freaking useless on it. Dragsters were the best. So I never really got that bike thing. And also just being in the suburbs we were. I grew up watching movies and TV shows like Stranger Things. So you watched E.T. and things like that. And you had adventures. You got on a bike. Yeah. And you, you went off and did stuff. People went, they went camping overnight in these movies that you saw. It's like, that's just crazy. And does it tie back in with your famous five needing a torch? Yes. <laughs> you need a torch. I love that. Famous five was probably more there on their bikes going off adventures. <laughs> I love that shit. And this really tapped into that. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Now, if only I had a summer camp in there as well, I'd be fucking wrapped. Yes. Ultimate. If you are going to go bike movies, we, we may have to investigate this later, but I don't think we should go like the racing bike. What's that one with Kevin Bacon? Quicksilver. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Breaking we should go. Breaking away is the one you're thinking of. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think we should go that sort of biking. We should go more the kids on bikes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Adventure. Kids adventure. Like Frog Dreaming or something if you want to go Australian. Oh, really? Kids on bikes. Okay. But even though it's got Henry Thomas from ET in it. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. And Rachel Friend, a very young Rachel Friend. Yeah. Well, there you go. But yeah, I really loved it. And for anyone that hasn't seen it, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I should watch it, it's eight hours, really. It's, it. it may be even less than and that. They're about 30, dumb. 41, 50 minutes each episode. But yeah, it's it's very easy to watch. I think my wife and I watched it over the course of a week. We were watching like two episodes a night for most of the week. It's to be binged. Yeah. yeah. Needs to be. And then after we finished watching that, we've now started watching another 80s-themed TV show, and we watched... The AMC series Halt and Catch Fire, which is on so the Foxtel box cell. Set about the history of. Yeah, it's set in 1985, I think it's set. And it's about. Crimes. Yeah, it's about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's about 
a breakaway electronics company that originally started off making an IBM clone and then they decide that they should make the first portable computer. And I think it is completely fictional because I think the real first laptop came out in the late 70s, early 81 or something commercially. Okay. But yeah, it's just a real sort of go-getter salesman sort of guy played by Lee Pace yep. who was in The Fall and Guardians was of the Galaxy. Ronan I think in yep. Guardians of the Galaxy and amongst other things Pushing Daisies yes never seen that and some dude called Scoot McNeely who I didn't know who is he's in Man of Steel um, Batman v Superman okay well he's like a, a programmer designer sort of guy and he meets up with this salesman and then they get this young go-getter female programmer who's played by Mackenzie Davis who was in The Martian she was computer operator that found the way out I think in what was her name Penny something rather no idea in The Martian but anyway yeah it's really well made it's AMC so you expect it to be quite well made yep it's not quite as accurate as far as the portrayal of the 80s I think as Stranger Things was but again 10, 10 episodes in the first season and we've burned through that quite quickly cool and we're now into the second season so, yeah. Season three just started, is that right? I'm not sure. I think. Okay. Yeah, but Foxtel Box Sets has got season one and two available for download. So yeah, we're Sweet. churning through those, and quite recommend that too. Cool. What about you, Mitch? What have you been watching? Well, as you may know, when you come over here on a Tuesday and we record, I have Zumbo's Just Desserts on, which is a cooking show. But it's not just cooking; it's just desserts. With some fancy, famous chef, pastry chef, I don't know, dessert maker, Zumbo. Adrian Zumbo, is that his name? I have no idea. I don't really watch it. I just sort of watch it for Rachel, which is the car host, and that's all I wanted to say. She's and what's her name? Rachel Koo? Koo, I think. Chu something? Q-U-O or something? I don't know. Yeah. Who I think is a English-Asian cool. half, sort of, mm. has a few programs on the Lifestyle Food channel. They're damn hot. So watch it for that. But I just, I, I get angry watching the show. It's like, everyone's a prick. I don't want anyone to win. I just want to watch Rachel. And everyone keeps saying, she's got her own shows. You can watch those. It's like, yeah, but that would take effort. So, yes, I've been watching that. Um, Interesting, though, because it's very different to, say, your Great British Bake Off or something like that, where they're real snippy to each other, the contestants. Yeah, it's more like in my kitchen rules. Yeah, they're all sort of a bit having a go at each other, going, well, what are you doing that for? And you're totally not doing that very well. Where, yeah, exactly. Whereas you watch Great British Bake Off, and even though they're competing against each other, they're all very much... You know, you can do this. This is mm. great sort of thing. And actually, speaking of that, there is a new season of Great British Bake Off that's just started. Yep. And there was a very funny episode last week where one of the contestants was making a replica of her local pub mm. out of gingerbread. Yep. And made the carpet out of ginger cake. <laughs> and Sue Perkins asked Mary Berry if she wanted to uh, eat some carpet, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And Mary Berry, being the uh, old lady that she's had no idea of the uh, euphemism. But yes. Oh, she knows. Mary Berry eating Mary carpet on telly. No. But anyway, yes, back to you. Um, so what else have I been watching? Looking at Kiss Cartoons, which is our favourite website, I found this cartoon, it's a computer-generated cartoon called The Miraculous Ladybird, which is based on a comic, and it's French, it's really nicely styled animated, and I put it off for my son one day just to show him something to watch, just to take anything away from Blaze, and he loves it, and I accidentally put the French episode on one day, he didn't even notice, so obviously <laughs> he's not really paying attention. But Either that or he's multilingual at maybe uh, two and a half. Maybe, yeah, so it's, it's it looks kind of cool but I'm not really paying attention but at least it's something different for a change so I've been watching that Amazon are doing TV production now okay and what they do is sort of like a pilot season I think they call it where they put out first episodes of a bunch of shows and people vote and rate them and the ones that do well will go to season and the tick is out there so the new series of the tick I own the live action 
the DVD of the live action series of the Tick. I own the two discs of the animated version of the Tick. I own the first 20, 30 odd issues of the comic of the Tick. So yep, and I was going to say, if you want to go back and realise how much of a Tick fan you are, you could probably listen to the episode we did last Christmas as part of our 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah, so I like the Tick. So they did a new show. I love the live action Tick. I love the cartoon, as we talked about in that episode. But yep. the live action I adored for what it was as well and very short lived, unfortunately. So this new one is cartoon or live action? Live action with Peter bit the voice of Darth Maul from The Phantom Menace and Sean's other flatmate that wasn't Nick Frost in Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Yeah, and he was also in Guardians of the Galaxy as well, leader of the Nova Corps, one of the higher-ups. Yes. And, yeah, he, he, he very much is playing it like Adam West. That's uh, a shame. Oh, it's okay, but I'm just so used to Patrick Warburton playing him, and I like that version, I love the cartoon version, so it's a different version again, but it's very Adam West. And it's only a pilot, so I'm like, it's different. Like, I'm not as engrossed with it going, all right, if it doesn't go to full season, I don't think I'm going to be that upset. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I love that, I can't wait, I, it better make a season. I'm not feeling that. Like, I, I, I sat down and watched it, and I was fine, but yeah, I'm not, not champing at the bit for the next one. And were his friends in the pilot? The Tick uh, Arthur is. But none of the other ones? No. Oh, no, I was uh, going to ask you if they went with Deflator Mouse or Batman World. Neither. What, uh, which way neither, they were going there? No, neither. But they did have the Terror, which was play, played Jackie Hurl Haley. Jackie? Freddy Krueger, Watchman. He was Rorschach in Watchman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, but that was a very quick scene. So, obviously, they've got plans for bigger things. And uh, it, they went big, like with spaceships and that that were in it and all those sort of things. So, they it's got promise, but it was just like not quite there, and the suit just looked wrong. Mm, it's uh, a yeah. He just like the thing with Patrick Warburton, he was big, yeah, and he carried it from where, yeah, this guy just wasn't quite big enough, and just didn't have the silliness,ness,ness. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping I would love it to go to season and improve and move on with something, but yeah, I'm just like. Eh. Okay. I've, while I was playing a bit of um, my Horizon, Forza Horizon, I've actually was had the my iPad out and was watching on the iView, the ABC iView, how to be a fan with Hex. Okay. Which is a um, only on iView. It's not on there. And Hex from the TV show Good Game, which we've talked about years ago. We haven't gone back and watched much for a while. Yeah, we used to be big fans of it, and I think well, maybe because well, we were gaming. I, as I have watched a couple of episodes of Good Game lately, and yeah, it's sort of gone past me. Like I, I'm still a generation behind on the console, so and I don't play PC gaming, and so I'm just can't play what they're talking about. Yeah. So I've just sort of tapped out as far as that goes. In a way, so yeah, it was sort of like it was interesting to go back and watch it again. But it's like, well, I'm not going to play that. I'm not playing that. That's not for me. Hmm. I'm totally out of it. Yeah, but Hex is kind of cute. And I heard her on a podcast the other day talking about her show, and they dumped down these little eight to twelve minute episodes of how to be a fan. So I think there's seven episodes all up, maybe something like that. And it's just her being a fan and what it's like to be. So the first one was about cosplay. So it's her doing cosplay. Then there's one about LARPing, which I didn't bother with. There's one about art and craft, which I didn't bother with. There's one about collecting. And she goes about what it takes to be a collector. And she interviewed a few people. And she gets involved too. So she... Okay. And she goes, all right, I want to collect this. And she talked to someone who collects videotapes, VHS tapes. And then she wanted... One of her favorite movies was... I think it was Beauty and the Beast... It was a Disney animated film, and it was a certain collection. So she that was her, you know, that was what she had to go out and find. And she went out and went to a few tape traders and couldn't find it there, and there's this big, like, salvos out at Penrith or something. Mm. And it was, she found a copy there. Spoilers! But um, there was that. Then there was Cover Band was one of them, and she put together a Killing Heidi cover band. <laughs> and Alan Hoover came out. 
So it was it was quirky, it was different. If she wasn't so cute, I'd say it was a bit bit of a puff piece or, you know. But she's believable though, isn't she? I, I haven't watched it myself, but Yeah, she, oh, she's fine. Like she it, comes across nicely on good game. She she's not your typical She's not try hard. Yeah, she's not a good looking girl that they've just thrown in there to try and sort of go, look, girls play games. She is legitimately a girl game. Yes, actually, in this podcast I listened to, they did an interview and they talked to her about where she came from and what her history was. And she's an old school gamer where she was doing muds and things like that, okay. text based yeah, adventure adventures. gaming or whatever you call it. And she wasn't allowed to play games, and that's why she's such an avid gamer because her parents didn't want her to play. So she sort of got into it that way. And I think she's destined for bigger things than gaming, and that's what this show's sort of proving. And she wants to be, she did acting. And uh, she did the sort of singing. It's like, she's not that good, but she's putting herself out there to sing. Not quite a triple threat yet, then. Not quite, but she could, good enough with enough practice, she'd be fine. She could she could do it, you know. And I don't know if this is a vanity piece for her to go, yeah, I can act and laugh and maybe, do all Maybe this. it's her uh, sizzle reel so she can take this around to That's what I was, other, other productions and uh, sort of go, look, I can do this and I, I can, can do act, this. I can act, I can sing. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know. But it was entertaining enough to, while well, I'm driving my, you know, WRX around Boulder, Colorado, or wherever Horizon is set. Hmm. But yeah, so um, that's it. And one last thing I have been watching, which is purely self-promotion, shameless self-promotion, and a vanity piece for me, is I've been watching a little Hey Hey and Sad Day. And why would you do such a thing? Why would... It's funny you ask. <laughs> With my fellow brethren at the Geek Dudes podcast, we have started another podcast called Hey Hey It's The Podcast, where we are one episode breaking down an episode of Hey Hey and Sad And funny, I mean, why would we do this? This is ridiculous. How can we see this show? Well, funny you ask there again, is for, it's like $7 a month, you can go to heyheytv.com, I think it is, and subscribe. And you have access to the back catalogue of Hey Hey Saturday. I think back to the mid eighties. Um, so for the generation of younger people that don't understand well, what Hey Hey Saturday yeah. is, Hey Hey Saturday started off as a Saturday morning variety show for the younger viewer. Yep. And then it moved to primetime Saturday nights. Yeah, this is six thirty to eight thirty or six thirty to nine Saturday night viewing, which it is the most ridiculous show. Yes. It had puppets, it had a live band, it was a variety show. With, you know, international acts will come on. And, and they would lip sync to their latest songs uh, on television. But it, it was just... And we, we've discussed it. And this is where we used to watch it after Geek Dudes recordings. And we'd comment so much about it and just be fascinated by certain aspects of it. And it's like, we should talk about this. And the thing is, you've got... At the time, there was only three major channels. Yep. Seven, nine, and ten. This was primetime, 6.30 on a Saturday night. And they made a comment the other day that two million people are watching or whatever. And it's like, two million out of 20 million at the time. That's a lot of people. That's a fair proportion of the uh, population. population. It's ridiculous. So, if you're an international act touring or uh, an actor promoting a film, it's the biggest show. So, this crazy show that was a kid's show that moved to primetime with an ostrich and a a head on a stick, stick, that's where you went. And you could see international acts come out and be absolutely bamboozled as, what the hell is this? Because it's not Letterman, it's not Johnny Carson. It's like, what the fuck am I on? Yeah. Why is my, what has my management done? Why am I here? <laughs> and it's it's uh, so absurd. But you're, so the act we watched the other day, the show we had, um, it was the first one of 1994. So it had Lee Koenigan as a guest, Johnny Farnham, Lenny Kravitz, the Rubio triplets, who were these 70-year-old, short-skirt-wearing, <laughs> buffon-haired, country-and-western-singing chicks. All dead now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, rest in peace. And the rest, Jason Donovan and the cast of A Chorus Line. That was one episode. It was ridiculously huge for this stupid variety show. What? 
didn't their Red Faces segment like launch a couple of famous careers? Isn't Eric Wallman from and 1927. That's the only one I could think of. Wasn't it Moving Pictures were on there or is it just no, 1927? 1927. Well, not 1927, just the lead singer. They found him through that. Mm. That's the only one I can think of. Um, there may be others. Apparently Tripod were on there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jackson Drive? <laughs> they were on there. So it, it, it is interesting and just some of the stuff that's just so wrong, as we call it, casual racism on the show. <laughs> it was a different time. I mean, there was one, like this girl came out and saying, and Red Faces is such a weird, like you look at these acts going, there is nowhere else for this act than Red Faces. Like you can't go on modern day, like things like X Factor because... It's not worth it. It's three minutes long. It's nothing. Why are you there? And you're just questioning some people up there going, what, what are you thinking? Well, did, really? Did someone say that was funny? You should do that because it's neither. It's not funny or entertaining. Why yeah. are you doing that? So, yeah, I'm a bit... Oh, just some of the stuff that's wrong. This girl came out singing Respect. Now, she had a wig on. She was dressed like Aretha Franklin from Blues Brothers. And she sang it really badly. And I was like, do you think you sound well? <laughs> Is it meant to be funny? Because it's not funny. You're just not doing it well. And it was just like, I don't understand. And, that, and those questions yeah. that makes it for an but interesting show. I guess back in the day, though, it was one of those things where there was half the people that went on Red Faces were just going on the TV so they could be on TV and look like idiots. I guess so, but... But yeah, the other half, there was legitimate people that thought they were talented and Mm. there wasn't really that much out there. But, oh, did Red make a comment? This girl there and he goes, I look like you were poured into that dress and forgot to say when. (laughs) (laughs) Even Blackman was like, whoa. (laughs) It's just like, Jesus. It was was a different time. It was a different time. So you've recorded the first episode and that should be... It'll be out in about a week's time, I'd say. So look for Hey Hey, It's the podcast it's hopefully entertaining for you as it is for us and for me i love the time capsule thing that i love to go back to that time and say wow i remember at that time because going forward we've watched the next episode for the next recording and caligula were on as the band and it was like i remember that era i was seeing caligula about six or seven times around that time on that tour tears of a clown it was a big thing so it's great for that thing for me personally nostalgia. and nostalgia but we'll move on from tv now and we'll go to movies and speaking of seeing that time capsule i watched a movie called they're a weird mob early 1960s an australian film and it's that typical someone from another country goes to somewhere and it's that what's the weird custom of this yeah. place you know so it's what? crocodile dundee or the other way around so it's it stars um this italian guy who comes to australia to work for the italian newspaper he turns up first no. Well, the f- he turns up first day and they pull the s- they're pulling the sign down on the building as he arrives because it's gone out of business. So it's sort of like, oh, what am I going to do? So he's just all confused. You know, he's, oh, you go here. So he goes to a pub and a guy goes, what do you do? I just would like a beer, please. And the woman's like, schooner or a midi? And he goes, I just want a beer. And then someone goes, oh, this is the big ones at schooner. The little ones are midi. Oh, I'll get you one. My shout. And then he's there going, you know, and he buys it and he goes, all right, your shout now. And he goes, I can hear you. Why shout? And uh, it's this <laughs> typical sort of stuff. And then he gets a job working with, um, I think it's Chip Trafferty or someone like that. And the dad from Skippy is, is in it as well. But yeah, and he goes off and he gets a job, meets a woman, falls in love and all this sort of stuff. But there's all these Australian sort of elements that are just strange. There's a great bit because he gets quite nostalgic because he's sitting on the ferry. It's in Sydney and he's sitting on the ferry and there's his family there speaking in Italian and he's pretty happy to hear the 
language and this drunk walks in he's like oh you bloody eye ties coming over here stealing our jobs and doing all this stuff it's like oh casual racism it hasn't changed they just changed from Italians to Muslims now it's just exactly. like we have not changed at all it's funny because I, I haven't seen this but I've read a little bit about it and I remember it like not when it yep. happened obviously because I wasn't born but I remember people talking about it and I, I don't know if it's made for Australians or whether it's made for like the English sort of market know. or not. But yeah, it's an, it's a weird concept. Yeah. And I think they kind of tried to redo it with a sitcom in the 80s, but I can't remember exactly. There was like a, an Italian family where he was a taxi driver or something like that. No, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, but yes. I can't remember what it was called now. But yeah. Yeah, it, it is a, a very dated concept. I don't think you would probably well, get yeah. shows like this anymore. Nah, well, Crocodile Dundee was... Yeah, but again, that. That, was, that was the 80s as yeah. well. That's that's not now. But, I mean, you, you could, but no, whether the, they've gone to the well a few times... Would, would you end concept. up with something like Fat Pizza or something? <laughs> well, that's more ingrained that they're here, as opposed to someone going to somewhere and going, oh, this is all confusing, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it was a, but what I loved about it was the time capsule of it all was like looking at looking at Sydney at that time yeah but it's not sets you know they didn't it's, it's real you know it's like when they go on film you know you watch movies set in England in the 40s or 50s it's post-war you know they're not sets it's just bombed out streets and cities yeah so just looking at the IMDB there's, there's quite a few Australian legends in it very iconic Tony Bonner also from Skippy yep was in it and and Hattie, who went on to be in Neighbours. Yeah. And yes, you were right, Chips Rafferty was one of the characters. So it is quite an iconic cast. But yeah, I don't know, maybe I should go back and watch it. Would you recommend it? For me, I recommend it because I like watching that sort of stuff. To see that time, like I said, the time capsule. So yeah, it was 1966. So Can I recommend much. it to other people? I don't know. You really got to want to see it. It's not a enjoyable film where you're going, oh, isn't that quaint or quirky? You know, it's it's definitely you got to be interested in Australiana and that sort of history. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting enough. But yes, what about you? So interesting though, yeah. the uh, the budget for it was only six hundred thousand, which was probably quite a lot of money back in yeah, 1966. For an Australian film. But his box office was actually two million, so it did quite well. So yeah, and based on a novel. So, but yes, my movie watching, I've watched a couple of things again, because I've been on holidays, I've had a chance to watch a few things, but friend of the show, Joel came and visited us a couple of weeks ago and we sort of sat down and went, what do you feel like doing? And he was like, oh, let's watch a movie. And we subjected him to watching Karate Kid 2, following on from Karate Kid that we watched last month. Did you break the ice? Joel didn't, but they did in the movie Mm. and they broke the fake weights. Which, watching it again now, I don't know how well you know Karate Kid 2, but there's a scene where the locals in Okinawa are are getting ripped off by the local cannery and they're weighing up their carrots that they're producing. And Daniel finds out that the weights they're using to balance up the scales are actually not real weights. They're made of thin metal or something and he snaps one. And I don't know if the production was just too quick to think about it, but it's kind of like they were making the weights lighter rather than heavier. So they, in theory, they were probably paying the locals more than they should be for their carrots but concept of Karate Kid 2 following on from Karate Kid 1 Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi character finds out that his father is dying in Okinawa Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been back there since he had a falling out with his best friend over who should marry the local pretty girl yep and he goes back there to see his dying father and rekindles the feud with his friend. Mm-hmm. And Daniel goes along for the ride and kind of rekindles a bit of a feud with the younger generation protege of yep. the Karate Master. There's bits of it that I think hold up, but there's bits of it you look at and you think, my God, this is an 80s movie. It's Rocky Fourish, isn't it? Does yeah. it win them over? 
pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, he goes there and Daniel's like the, the outsider and he kind of falls Gaijin. for the, the local Japanese girl and she's all, you know, I want to move to America and become a dancer. And there's one scene where they're in town and she's watching like a TV in the shop window because they don't have TVs in their village. Because Japan and, don't know anything about TVs. It's not like they make them. No, there. exactly. This is Okinawa. This is you know, rural little island off the coast of Japan. Mm. But anyway, so yeah, she's watching TV and she makes some sort of comment. And then just out of nowhere, someone that's walking past stops to talk to her. And it's Beanie Wong. Beanie Wong. And like my wife and I both popped for it. We're like, that's Beanie Wong. And then we went and looked at the IMDb and he's actually listed on IMDb as Brad Wong rather than oh, Beanie Wong. But yeah. I don't like that. But 1986, he looks exactly the same as he does now. Like he has not changed a bit. But anyway, the the main fight at the end, I think, is one of those things where you think to yourself, wow, they wouldn't show this in a modern movie mm. because the villain like legitimately just punches the girl in the face and then Daniel like jumps up and makes the save sort of thing and he does that stupid spinning drum move rather than the crane kick but yeah I I don't know I think Karate Kid 1 is still a better film Mm -hmm. Karate Kid 2 my wife had seen more I think when she was a kid because it's more of a love story of how he goes and meets the foreigner and falls in love and stuff but yeah I don't know I'm glad we watched it but what's the song in 2? the Peter Cetera Power of Love which was what spawned this whole thing as I mentioned last month we saw the video and she's like oh I really want to watch Karate Kid 2 again but yeah I I don't know I I don't know if it holds up as well. I think i to that I can't hold that note. No. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, you need the sort of background of the Japanese you know, paper rain. doors and the video clips and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I have watched a couple of older movies. Speaking of martial arts, yeah. I went back and I watched The Perfect Weapon, which is a 1990-something Kenpo Karate movie mm-hmm. that, again, didn't really hold up. I can remember seeing it at the cinema when I was younger. And the highlight for me is that it's got Snaps of the Power is the theme song for the start cool. of the movie. And there's a bit where he uses these Kempo sticks to like, beat up I, an old couch. I've never heard of this. Really? And, the, and you saw it at the cinema. I did. So it made it to the cinema. It did. You wouldn't get a movie like this now at the cinema. Probably not. No. No, but there, there's a couple of famous people in it. Mako was in it. The sure. famous... No, not the shark. The famous... I think he's a Japanese actor that's in Conan the Barbarian and yep. lots of other movies. And former professional wrestler Professor Tanaka's in it at one stage playing the bodyguard of the bad guy. If you know who he was? No. No? All right. 80s Mr. wrestler. Fuji? No. Tag team partner of Mr. Fuji. Oh, okay. But yes, RIP okay. Mr. Fuji. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think Professor Tanaka's probably dead as well, but I think he was odd job. Actually in... Japanese. Oh, yes, I know him. Yeah, he yes. was odd job in the... Was he actually from Japan? Yeah, I think he was. Mr. Fuji from like Detroit, Hawaii. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, of Hawaiian descent. Pat Morita wasn't even from Japan, was he? Wasn't he born in America? Probably. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I went back and watched that. And I also went back and watched the 90s generation movie Threesome oh, with yeah. one of the Baldwins. I think it's Adam, Adam Baldwin, yep. Josh Charles, and Lara Flynn Boyle. Mm-hmm. About three college kids living in a dorm experimenting with their sexuality. I remember when it came out and I didn't really care. Well, I saw it again. I saw this at the cinema when, I, when it first came out. And I was actually on holiday with a friend in Adelaide. And we were at a nightclub and they were giving away free passes and ironically they were giving away triple passes rather than double passes but most of the people they were giving them out to were either couples or like groups of two people and when we went to the screening it was like person person empty seat person person empty seat but for some reason it kind of struck a chord with me at the time and i thought yeah this movie's kind of cool and i can remember watching it a few times since then i don't think i've seen it now for probably a good couple of years and for some reason i think i saw i was flicking channels and lara flynn boyle was in something as well and i thought well yeah, maybe i should go and watch threesome again and yeah it kind of still holds up for a 90s movie yeah i just never interested me never watched it 
And it was that period where that sex life videotapes and all these sort of indie movies yeah. were sort of getting that credence. And I was of the age when they were sort of targeted at me. But I was like, still, no. Just didn't buy it. Good soundtrack. Yeah. I kind of like Josh Charles. I haven't seen him in a lot since then. My wife watches The Good Wife and he was a character in that for one of two, three of the early seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I recommend that. And one other thing I will mention... Based on the fact that we were watching Stranger Things, my wife was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of Powder, which was, again, a 90s movie as well. Alopecia boy. Yeah, he's an albino guy that's affected by electricity from lightning or something like that, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, the dude that was in Boondock Saints. But he plays this albino kid that they call Powder and has magical powers, kind of. But that that was interesting. It was very much a 90s film. Yeah, I... I know of it. Never hmm. bothered. And one other modern film that we did watch, my wife and I, we watched Now You See Me 2. Yep. I haven't seen and it either. to quote Dan Harmon from the Harmontown podcast, they should have called it Now You Don't. And I kind of agree with them. The first movie was clever and had that whole, you know, this is magic and this is what we can do. I mean, I love a good heist. Well, this isn't a good heist. Oh, this right. is very much, they wanted it to be a heist movie and it kind of falls flat because the magic that they do is just so over the top and you can tell that it's just... It's not real. Not real. Yeah. And it's not possibly to be real. Yeah. It's it's not like in the first one they do things and it's like they can kind of show how the illusion would work. This is just too over the top. You should see the magical Burt Wonderstone then. Maybe I should. But Daniel Radcliffe was in it, chewing scenery. I didn't think he was very good in it. Michael Caine obviously needed another boat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's strange because Now You See Me 1 was one of those movies where I didn't really have much expectations going in and when I saw it I really liked it. And this was out at the cinema earlier in the year and I thought maybe I should go and see it and I didn't. And now that I've seen it at home on video I'm glad that I didn't see it in the cinema because yeah, the iPad got a a bit of a workout while I was watching it. So. No, I was playing yeah. some slots game or something. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't recommend Now You See Me too. But you did actually see a, a, a fairly new release movie and you forgot to mention it. I did. Suicide Squad, like everyone else, except you. Except but it's made like $700 million. It's, um, it's doing okay. It's what I would call it would be an entertaining mess, I suppose. It's, it's, it's not the polish that is the Marvel films. And what I've heard is David Ayer, who made the movie Fury, is, is a pretty decent director. Is that the Tank movie? Yes. Yeah, he, seen that he made this movie. But the people putting the tr- the marketing company that put the trailer together with Bohemian Rhapsody, people like the look and feel of that. And obviously they'll do test audiences and marketing or do research and everything. It's like, people like the look of that guy. Is it the Galaxy did really well. Deadpool did really well. We want more of that. That's what we want. So I've heard that it's been David Ayer made the film and it was given to the marketing company to edit so there's definitely sort of there's sort of a hybrid of two movies there do you reckon they'll ever come out with like a special DVD director's cut version I'm interested I doubt it because they haven't said that where they did with Batman v Superman they mentioned that they will bring out the the 30 minute longer version blah 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 they haven't mentioned that with this so I don't think so but I'm intrigued give it you know 20 years and someone writes a book We'll find out the real story about this. but Because yeah, from what I've heard, I, I haven't seen it and I kind of wanted to see it, but then, I don't know, I, like, I'm a, I'm a big Jared Leto fan. Yep. And I heard that he's not in it as much as you would expect don't. the Joker to be in it. Mm, 
I didn't expect a lot, to be honest. And they kept warning everyone that it won't be. It's not a Joker movie. The problem I have with it... Like, I was entertained the whole time. I didn't like who the villain was. And they've done very well to not show that in the trailers. So you have no idea where the plot's going. Unfortunately, it's not where I would want it to go. Mm. It's it's just nothing. And you see this ad. In the trailer, you'll see where she goes, you know, oh, if Superman ever goes rogue, what have we got to stop him? That's, this is the team we put together yeah. for Superman level stuff you know what if he decides not to help us one day and rip the roof off the White House it's like yeah and you look at the team they got together you got Captain Boomerang who throws boomerangs yeah you got and he's the captain yeah you got Deadshot who can shoot really well that's fine you've got a guy who's like a crocodile and Margot Robbie who's got a baseball bat it's like these aren't even, these aren't Superman level threats you know they are not going to take down Superman if he decides to go rogue it was just a silly you know and the scope in the third act of who the villain is it's just like oh it's too much it should have been a more grounded story it's, it's a little it's not as grand as it should have been which but is, the villains that they are. Which is a shame, because wasn't this meant to be, like, the saving grace for the DC movies? Well, it's made $700 million, dollars, so it's doing all right. Okay. So it is a saving grace in its way. It's, it's popular. I have heard one reviewer... Kevin Smith actually said, it's Hot Topic, it's this, it's that. It's yeah. punk rock. Yeah. And then the Mosaic podcast talked about it, and he broke it down saying, yeah, it is punk rock. And he goes, I myself, I'm not cool. My parents aren't, don't think I'm cool. I'm never going to get a tattoo. I don't know music. But, and he sort of did research on it and goes, okay. And he came up with the analogy of the films. And it's Marvel films are like pop music or rock and roll. Yeah. Sort of like, you know what? The Nolan Batman films are like prog rock. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, this is punk music. It's like, okay. I wouldn't say it was punk as in Sex Pistols, anti-establishment, whatever, because we're talking a you know, $150 million movie. Yeah. It can't be. I'd say it's good Charlotte. It's <laughs> not in a bad way. Yeah. But the fact that the audience for this will be 15-year-olds... Okay. In a lot of ways, and I'm a good child, it's probably, their audience is 25 now, but it's that sort of punk rock. It's probably more than that, isn't it? (laughs) So it's punk rock in the Hot Topic way, which is a perfect way of saying that you can go buy a pre-made punk outfit from a local, like, boutique store, because it's, it's not punk as in underground it's more punk as in commercialized punk yeah but it's sort of like it does what it does and until you've seen that in batman v superman i reckon they should have been released in the other order i think it would have set the other one up better what doesn't batman turn up in it yeah but you see in the ads and stuff like that but it's i think it should have been the other way around but that's just me because you would have got a little glimpse of batman going i want more of that and you yeah. would have got excited for the next movie and just certain things that played out in it it's like especially the mid-credit sequence you're going that would have set up the next one better than the other way around but anyway so i i could recommend it but not in another way but i've come up with more analogies now for batman and the marvel and the dc films marvel are like starbucks where it's better than you know they're good it's good coffee if you go there it's fine it's you know it's espresso but it's done in a commercial way where you can go and get your you know caramel syrup in it and this and that but it's 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 coffee it's not instant you know it's better than that what we got in the 90s was instant coffee where the nolan films that's double espressos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and what the DC films are doing they go on your you know cold filtered you know they're, they're trying to be the wanky coffees you know sort of like just just make coffee just don't try too hard just just make coffee they're just trying a little bit too hard to be fancy that's the way I look at it but that's so is it a bit like the what deconstructed cappuccino yeah. picture that they had floating around on the internet a little while ago <laughs> pretty much it's yeah. sort of like yeah just just, just make, a, make a good coffee you know we're in Melbourne we're from Melbourne which is great coffee culture and it's just like just just make good coffee. Don't try too hard. But anyway. All right. Well, on that note, 
that's probably a nice place to wrap up this I month. Think so, yep. So yes, again, congratulations on the new Thank baby. You very much. And I'm sure as we progress, you'll probably end up with a, a few sleepless nights. You're actually off on holidays on a plane with a, a one-month-old baby. Yeah. So be interesting I'm not worried about that her. Goes. It's the two-and-a-half-year-old that's going to be the chore, but yes. All right. Well, again, if you have any feedback for us, definitely jump on our Facebook. We have picked up a, a few new fans on Facebook, which is nice. Excellent. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. Yep. And when you are about to drop your new Hey Hey podcast, I'm sure we'll send a tweet out to that. So if people can't get enough of Mitch on here, they can listen it's to you. It's not like I've got enough podcasts no. already. Geek dude shooting the poo. And now your yep. fourth one. Yep. So wearing the content a little bit thin. But at least you're not going to be talking about stuff that we talk it's about. It's doubling here, so. up. Yeah. Completely different. Totally. All right. Until then, we'll be back later in the month with our little mini. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next month for the real thing. Thank you.